Burning Zozo Written by Kristen Knight Narrated by Nancy Peterson Andy's heart pounded as she turned the corner to Arius's office, unsure what to do if his temper was still raging. From the hallway, she heard him talking on the phone. Well, I'm sorry that you don't like it, but those are the terms you agreed to. You were fully informed of the consequences. Andy held still, wondering who was on the other end. Yes, we can. Yes, top ten is doable. For the right price. She peeked through the slightly open door. Two silver cases sat on the desk, the kind CIA agents carried in 80s movies her dad loved. The dent in the wall from the vase was amazingly healed, like the tantrum had never happened. The only evidence of the Arius outburst was the missing pottery. Arius spied Andy through the door but kept talking like he hadn't. This time I'd need a bigger payoff. Your options are all in the contract. You choose. Well, of course, but there's a way to do it elegantly. Minimize the drama. We can show you how. He twisted the Omega watch on his wrist, then looked up at Andy. She stepped sideways out of view and leaned against the dark wood wall. Great. I'll have Chen send you the paperwork, Arius said. Good. And congratulations, you're going to be very rich and very happy. He hung up. Andy, he said, please come in and sit down. Andy perched on the edge of a couch, tucking her hennaed hand under a pillow. Arius moved to the blue period Picasso hanging on the wall behind his desk and swung it back. In the wall behind it, was a large silver safe. Arius moved his thumb across the keypad in the same eight-digit pattern she'd seen Chen use before. He kept the numbers hidden, but his forearm moved left, then right, down up, cross left, up down, up down. The pattern ticked in Andy's mind with the same rhythm as one of Steffi's clapping games. The safe clicked. Arius took a box from one of the drawers, came out from around his desk, and sat across from Andy. He placed the box on the coffee table and pushed it forward. This is for you. It was the size and shape of a watch box. She swallowed. What is it? It's part of an apology for my abysmal behavior yesterday. I've been feeling a bit under the weather, and my temper always gets the better of me when I'm not well. But it's no excuse. Please, open it. The box was inlaid with mother-of-pearl flowers and lined with cerulean blue satin. Inside was a delicate chain and a gold oval pendant. Hieroglyphics stacked up the center of the oval. Have you seen one of these before? Arius asked. Here, let me help you put it on. No, but it's beautiful, Andy said and turned around. As Arius slowly moved her hair away, 
he lightly brushed the back of her neck with his fingers. She shivered at the unexpected touch. It's an Egyptian cartouche, he said softly, close enough for his breath to wash her ear with warmth. The hieroglyphic symbols spell your name. I believe symbols can hold great meaning for us, give us power, connect us closely with each other. He fastened the clasp, then slowly, gently put her hair back, letting his fingers run down her back beneath it. A whisper-thin shudder passed through her. Turn around, he said, watching her disarm before his eyes. When she turned, he was standing so close, she could feel the heat from him. It was intoxicating. He reached up and adjusted the pendant, letting his fingers linger on her skin. He smiled wide. Perfect length. Then he stepped back. She cleared her throat, hoping it would clear her mind as well. So is that where your clients were from this morning? Egypt? she asked. Yes. I knew they were coming to shop a collection, so I asked them to bring the necklace with them. And after my outburst yesterday, well, I wanted to give you something special to show you how much you mean to me and this household, and to symbolize my promise to you that I will never raise my voice to you again. I'm sorry I broke the rules, Andy said. I seem to be breaking a lot of things lately. You're not breaking my artifacts again, are you? He smiled. No. I just did something stupid that's basically ruined my father's life. My whole family's lives. Forever. Arius folded his arms, concern on his face. What happened? Andy sat back. Remember when I told you about my father losing his job? Arius nodded then picked up a remote and turned up the air conditioning. Well, it's more complicated than just that. In what way? My dad's not actually supposed to be working here. He's not an American citizen and doesn't have a work visa or green card. I see, Arius said. Where is he from? British Columbia. Andy spent the next few minutes confessing everything to Arius, about her father's days as a Whistler ski bum, his young, hard-partying friends, and what they did one night on a dare that destroyed their futures. She told him how, after being released on bail, her father hid in the back of a furniture truck that took him over the border and through the mountains of Idaho, then Utah, into New Mexico, how he found work as a lift operator at the Angel Fire Ski Resort, where he met Liz. Then she told him how, with one impulse, she destroyed what her family had spent years protecting. In one single conversation, she'd created what they all feared most. At the end of her confession, he nodded. You're right, that is complicated. She exhaled. Thank you for agreeing with me. 
You must feel rather helpless at this point. Trapped in a corner. That's a perfect descriptor for how I feel. And I have no idea how I'll ever fix what I've done. Arius arose, sat on his desk, and straightened the silver cases. You need help. Andy's shoulders slumped. That's the understatement of a millennia. Andy, how much do you trust me? What do you mean? I may have an idea, but there's no guarantee it will work. He folded his arms. What is it? He sat tapping his thumb on his arm, considering, debating with himself. What? Arius looked Andy in the eye, then at the appointment book. I have a client who owes me a favor. I'll call it in. See if he has any power to help your father, he said. But only on one condition. Name it. Anything. That you forgive and forget my outburst yesterday. I want you to feel safe and comfortable here. Always. You're important to this household, and to me. You help me more than you know. And your friendship and loyalty? Well, you know how I feel about loyalty. He rested his hand on the appointment book. Thank you, Andy said, for the gift and for listening. She was starting to shiver from the icy air conditioning. You're welcome. Now... You've spent far too much time cleaning today and not enough time learning. Here. He handed her a file. These are the contracts you were working on yesterday when I, uh, interrupted your work. If you'd like, you can take off early. Work on these at home. Thank you, she smiled. And Andy, Arius picked up a pen. What's your father's full name? His real name? Arius nodded. Shane Thomas McBride. He jotted the words on a notepad. All right. I don't want you to get your hopes up. But I'll see what my friend can do. If anything. Thank you so much. She bounced up, holding the folder against her chest. My pleasure. See you tomorrow. And don't forget the box. She picked up the gift box, hurried to the door, then hesitated and turned. Arius, remember when you said I reminded you of someone from your past? He looked out the window, then back at Andy. Yes, I remember. Who was it? He held still, thinking, then finally said, My wife, Andy. You remind me of my wife. She stood in the doorway, still and mute. She hadn't expected that answer. Her name was Awan. You have a similar bone structure and eyes, and now the hair even looks the same. It's rather uncanny, really. He looked at his left hand, stretched the fingers out, then made a fist. She left me some time ago. Left you? How could she? He cleared his throat. It wasn't her fault, you see. 
My brother. My little brother. He... His jaw tightened. He poisoned her against me. She was rather religious, and he called me a heretic and a cheat. And she believed him. The lies he told her. He knew just what to say, what buttons to push. Arius turned away. Then he turned my parents against me. Every single person I loved, he took from me. All because he was jealous of what I had and who I was. He had this strange belief that anything I had took something from him. He had these sayings, these quotes, he would say, all's fair with love and land, and sometimes the best man shouldn't win. I didn't realize at the time that he was talking about me, about us. Andy stepped forward to touch his arm, comfort him, then stopped herself, pulling her hand back. He turned to face her. Eventually, he took my wife and son, cleaned out my bank account, took the titles to my property, even got my parents to sign over my inheritance to him, and then he moved my family out of the country so I couldn't find them. One year later, I got word that they'd fallen ill, a mosquito-borne outbreak in North Africa. My wife didn't make it. And your son? Arius pressed his lips tight and shook his head. How old was he? He was two. Andy thought about what it would be like to never see Emma again, and said, How did you survive? The strange thing was, his voice caught in his throat, we were best friends when we were young. Best brothers. Andy wrapped her fingers around the box. I'm so sorry. Arius shook his head. Thank you, he said quietly. Thank you for understanding. He wiped his eyes and cleared his throat. Now, will I see you tomorrow? Of course, she said. Perhaps Chen can finalize arrangements to move you into the mansion. Oh, about that. She turned the box over and over in her hands. With my father gone and my mother so busy. I need to stay at home and help out. My dad asked me to, and I can't let him down. I see, said Arius. He folded his arms and gazed at her unblinkingly. Well, I have to say I'm a little disappointed. I was looking forward to having you here more often, but you know where your priorities lie, don't you? Andy hesitated, trying to read his face, not sure if his words were angry or understanding. I, um, thank you for the gift, she said, clutching the box to her chest. It means a lot. Good, he said. I hope you'll always remember my promise and my loyalty whenever you wear it. She nodded, then turned and quietly closed the door. On her way down the hall, she wiped away the line of sweat that had sprouted on her forehead.
4.10. Forked tongue. Liz stood at the stove, swaying and digging into a pot with her whole body. Every few seconds, she stopped and lifted a long metal spoon to her eyes, then dropped it and stirred again. The dance meant one thing. She was making her famous caramels. Easy to ruin. She only made them for special occasions or gifts. This batch was for Shane. The marble slab where she poured out the golden treat to cool sat on the table, empty and eager. Behind it stood a footed cake plate. Andy's Louboutin shoes rested beneath the glass cover. Andy bounded through the door after work, saw the shoes and reached for them. Don't, Liz spun, pointing the sticky spoon. Don't touch him. Her face glistened with sweat. Where'd you steal them from? I didn't. As the words came out of Andy's mouth, they sounded ridiculous. She could never have bought them on her own. Don't you lie to me, young lady. Do you know what they're worth? No, it doesn't matter. I don't need this right now. Do you understand me? Just take them back, quickly and quietly. We don't need any more trouble with the law. I can take them back. They were a gift from Mr. Adams. Andy's voice grew quieter with each fact she revealed. Liz's stomach clenched. The man you clean house for? Andy sank into the green vinyl chair. I swear, Mom, I'm telling the truth. Tomorrow you'll give him back and ask Lacey for another account. I don't want you in that house again. No, I won't ask that. Honor thy father and mother, Andy. End of discussion. No, she flat-handed the table. Not this time. You have to tell me why. I don't like him. You don't know him. I don't trust him, and I want you out. She flicked the spoon, and bits of caramel stuck to the cupboards. Because of the stupid spinner gossip? Seriously? Are you actually that immature and ignorant? Okay, I'll tell you why. She set down the spoon and wiped her hands on her apron. First of all, you may not understand what a gift like that to a girl like you by a man like that means, but I do. It's not like that. I... She made a shut-it gesture with her thumb and fingers. Second, because the owner of Madsen Floral came into the cafe today and told us that her delivery girl was assaulted when she went to drop off flowers at that house for no reason, broke her nose, there's something strange going on there, and you're not going back. Andy squared her shoulders and said, I don't believe you. What did you say to me? I won't ask Lacey to change me. The narrow-minded bigots in this town who spread their stupid stories know nothing about him, she said. He's been kinder to me than anyone else in this world. He's teaching me contract law and wants to help me get into law school, which is more than you can say. Liz's eyes narrowed to thin lines. He's the only person who really understands me or cares what I want. He sees the real me, the future me, 
and he's the only way I'll ever become who I want to be. Andy's voice rose as the thoughts she'd been holding in tumbled out. And the only way I'll ever be free of this place and you. Liz slid out her chair and stood. Andy held up her arm, ready to block her mother's blow. But Liz just turned back to the pot and stirred. Besides, I can prove that he really cares about me, Andy said. About all of us. Liz stood straight and still. He offered to help Dad. Liz turned slowly. Oh, little girl, tell me you didn't. I did. I told him about Dad losing his job and being deported, and Arius said he'd help, which is more than anyone else seems to be doing. Damn it, Andy! It was the first time she'd heard her mother curse. Ever. Well, someone had to do something. I couldn't just let Dad rot in jail like you are. Andy, you're done. Understand. But either you understand or you don't. It's a simple yes or no. If those are the only terms, then no. I'm calling Lacey myself, then. Getting you switched. Liz began stirring with her entire body. Andy sat trying to craft a rebuttal while the metal spoon scraped and scraped and scraped the pot. Finally, she found one. It was ugly, but she felt Arius's silky strings, now woven through the edges of her soul, tugging at her, pulling her towards him. So she moved to close. Mom, she said carefully, I can't quit. And you shouldn't want me to switch. Liz stirred faster. And why's that? Because Mr. Adams pays twice what other accounts at Whispering Mountain pay, and you need the money. Liz's head bowed. Then she turned. Andy leaned back again, ready for a blow. But Liz didn't swing. She just looked at Andy with a strange new expression. Her eyes were the blank, detached gaze of a woman standing on a ledge, calculating the distance to the street below. She stood there for too long. Then she set down the spoon, untied her apron, and walked to her room. The caramel was still bubbling on the burner when the door clicked shut. If only I could find my peace of mind I'm in the clouds and my light hides behind I shouldn't have to fight for what's meant to be mine Stuck in this zone, can't grab a hold Of secrets that can't yet be told I forget how it feels to feel at home Baby, you were like strong blood I could see you from miles away I feel it as quick as a heartbeat Going the highest speed Took over me 
I've waited. 